it's Loom Group's Andrea Lay, Backview's Melissa Burdick, the wizard of Woodland Hills Shree, and I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom, and I'm coming to you today from the Catskills. Be playing Heckinger's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 6th, and it's time for the Fresh Four, for curated news stories from the past week. We find them dependably intriguing. We hope you do too. We're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence news, retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Over to you, Shree. In case you're wondering what this background is, I'm at, I'm at my father-in-law's house all the way in Chennai, India for the next couple of weeks. So what's the message of the week? Kroger Precision Marketing strikes a partnership with none other than Yahoo DSP. So Yahoo DSP advertisers now have access to KPM's audiences for both reach and measurement. Partnership marks KPM's second DSP partnership since last fall and ushers in a new focus on commerce media for Yahoo advertising in particular. Collaborations like this one will define the next phase of growth in retail media as retailers recognize the limitations of monetization on their own digital properties and seek incremental growth by expanding offsite. This is said by Sara Marzano, principal analyst at eMarketer. For advertisers, the delayed but still impending deprecation of third-party cookies, which is now on its way, continues to underpin every decision regarding digital advertising dollars. So solutions that safeguard their investments against that hold increasing appeal. Over to you, Andrea. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. Walmart adds a new grocery line to its private brand's portfolio. Walmart has announced a new private label grocery brand called Better Goods. The line includes 300 items spanning categories such as frozen, dairy, snacks, beverages, pasta, soups, coffee, and chocolate. With most items priced under $5, Better Goods focuses on three key components, culinary experiences, plant-based, and made without. The retailer said Better Goods marks not only its largest private food brand launch in two decades, but also its fastest grocery brand brought to market. Over to you, Melissa. Thanks, Andrea. Uh, so, Savemark companies roll out in-store retail media networks. It's not enough that we have online. Now we're moving to in-store retail media networks. The Savemark companies plans to roll out in-store connect, an in-store retail media network powered by Quad Graphics Inc. To start, 16 of the grocery company stores will have digital screens, kiosks, end caps, shelf screens, and vertical banners throughout, allowing CPG partners to showcase promotions, product information, and recommendations to shoppers. The program will eventually roll out to all the Savemark companies, approximately 200 stores. This is Savemark's latest retail media effort, coming almost a year after a launch of its own retail media network. Over to you, Peter. Thanks, Melissa. Rite Aid expands Uber Eats' partnership for alcohol delivery in eight states. Nearly 1,000 Rite Aid stores will now offer alcohol delivery via retailers' expanded partnership with Uber Eats. Customers of legal drinking aid can get delivery from select stores in California, Idaho, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Quote, our collaboration and trusted partnership with Uber Eats underscores our commitment to meet the evolving needs of our customers and providing a seamless digital shopping experience complements their busy lives, unquote, said Jeannie Walden, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Rite Aid, the U.S.'s third largest pharmacy retailer. That's it for the Fresh Four. Now on to the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Sri Rajagopalan and Peter V.S. Bond, 
explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Sri and Peter. Hello, folks, and welcome back to this episode of the CPG Guys podcast. I'm Sri, one of the aforementioned CPG Guys hosts, and joining me in this journey of over 150 episodes now is Mr. PVSP, also known as The Bomb, the man with the new phone, the man with the golden voice, and the radio voice, not face. Radio. I never said that. He's also the VP of Partner Strategy and Development at Fetch Rewards, a mobile loyalty platform. Join me in welcoming to the show my co-host and the other CPG guy, Mr. Peter Bond. How are you doing today, man? Getting ready for Thanksgiving? Sri, we're, we're deep in the holiday season at this point. It's going to be the first year my daughter has a cognitive recognition of Christmas and the presents that will come her way. So I'm expecting oh. a melee. Oh, boy. Does that mean yeah. it's a big tree with a lot of stacked presents and the rating of the Bond household from a, a cost perspective? Uh, if Halloween's any indication, yeah, it's going to be ugly. But I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Thank you, Peter. Before we get to our guests, I want to remind our audience that all of our content, that's 150 plus episodes on 40 plus podcasting platforms and so much more content can be found by simply going to go browser, type cpgguys.com. The best part, there is no charge. You get all this access for free. If you aren't already following us on LinkedIn, all you have to do is go to your browser, type linkedin.com in the search bar up, type cpgguys. And when you get to your page, simply hit the blue plus button. What that is, is it gives you the chance to follow us on LinkedIn. And you'll get to see all the content we produce, including two episodes week over week. And try and understand what each episode is about. We love that you're part of this family. You get to shape the show. You get to tell us who comes on, the topics we discuss. Most importantly, be part of the transformation of this industry. You know, at the time of this recording... Thanksgiving was upon us and Christmas as well as the holiday season will be upon us very shortly. And coming Christmas week, we will be publishing a new episode every day, starting with the second annual Omni Awards from the CPG guys, recognizing the best in consumer engagement from brands, retailers, marketplaces, and service providers. Our fresh four co-hosts, Andrea Lay, Melissa Burdick, will emcee the awards. We'll follow the Omnis with the return of Omnicom's Brian Gildenberg to give us a 2021 retro and a list of predictions for 2022. This all starts Christmas week, December 25th and runs through the new year. And, you know, we've been discussing digital transformation in CPG and retail for quite some time now. You couple that with trade optimization, which is a must-have in a digital era, and data-driven insights or experiences that drive consumer engagement, that's what today's guest's company is into, helping large-scale transformation succeed in delivering wins for brands and retailers that they engage every day. The CPG guys decided to partner in today's episode with Genpact, a provider of consulting and advanced analytics services that range the spectrum of sales, marketing, and retail. And here to speak with us today is Rana Saha, Global Head of the Consumer Goods and Retail Services and Practice, and Tom McGuire, Consumer Goods and Retail Leader for Sales and Commercial Practice too. And by the way, a little secret, Tom, Peter, and I have something very much in common. We have spent close to a decade each at our alma mater IRI, and Tom and I actually worked together 
long time ago when Genpak was still part of the symphony family and Tom taught me how to turn a geezer on inside an apartment. And I'll never forget that. And yeah, Tom knows how to make better tikka masala than I do. So we can't wait to have that discussion on this topic, Tom. I'm waiting to ask you if you've adopted the IPL and what your favorite IPL team is. And if you follow the Indian cricket team, knowing fully well that you're probably rooting for Joe Root and his boys as well. So guys, welcome to the show. What's going on? Uh, Sri and Peter, um, thanks very much. Uh, you know, I think uh, uh, Tom always teaches me a lot of things, but uh, thank you for having us. Uh, you know, I learn a lot from him every day. So uh, looking forward to this conversation. Tom, you want to add something? No, I was just going to say if they're maybe over the Christmas holiday, if people need to learn how to tie a lungi, I'm more than happy to do uh, a lungi uh, tying class for the CPG guy, uh, friends and family. Uh, I can also throw a googly uh, uh, as well, you know, so I'm a bit of an anomaly in, in America. I, I love cricket and, and I know Indian attire. I could never get my wrist pin right hand to ever bowl a googly, so I'm going to have to learn that one from you, Tom. But thank you, to oh, both yeah. thank you to both of you for joining us on the show today. And of course, uh, let me ask you, Rona, tell us more about who is Genpak, what is your role at Genpak, and... Um, how all this comes together. Sure. I think, uh, you know, uh, Genpact is a global professional services firm that makes uh, business transformation real uh, for the world's largest companies. We drive digital-led innovation and intelligent operations for our clients. Uh, what I do uh, in the sales and commercial practice is uh, focus on uh, essentially two things. One, how we can help our top leading consumer goods manufacturers in terms of boosting their growth and also focusing on reducing leakage and transforming um, the sales and customer experience. You can find us on www.genpack.com. Um, that's what we are here for. Uh, really, our passion is to drive sales transformation uh, in the consumer goods and retail space. Thank you for that, Rana. Of course, for our listening audience, everything Rana said, the LinkedIn profile of Tom, Rana, as well as the corporate site that Rana referred to will all be found, as always, episode of episode on the digital liner notes of this podcast. So do check it out. And now I'm going to drive right into our conversation. And Rana, I'm going to tee it up. First question will be for you. Let's, you know, we are in the middle of a seismic change in CPG and retail last 18 months since COVID hit us. Doesn't matter what the category is, we're in the middle of a global supply chain crisis. So from the lens that you wear as a consultant and a service provider to the industry, what shifts have you seen in the CPG industry that were driven by the pandemic? And what, what, do, what are those early trends that you see emerging? I think three, uh, great question. I think three things, um, uh, essentially. Uh, but I think the you know, what was a foreseeable future became a reality um, because of the pandemic, right? The pandemic really acted as a catalyst in driving and accelerating some of these changes. Um, so uh, first, I would say, you know, when we, everything shut down because of the, because of the pandemic, uh, foot traffic decreased. Um, and we saw a significant um, growth in the e-commerce and digital commerce uh, side of the house. Uh, so what really mattered um, 
and will matter is real-time pricing and trade promotion decisions. What to promote, when to promote, how to promote, uh, because you are looking at uh, the spend on that the consumers, um, you know, that's that's shrinking, um, and the shift from offline and online also means that when we are interacting with some of the enterprises, we are seeing that the business-to-business uh, customers are also expecting the same kind of experience as the the uh, business-to-consumer. Uh, uh, experience. The second thing in my mind is that the ways of working, the ways of selling has changed uh, due to the travel restrictions. CPG organizations and the sales and their sales organizations are now actually selling to screens and logarithms versus you know in-person uh, meetings. Um, so there is a notion and there is an expectation um, that we are seeing in today's world that uh, you know. There is a demand for virtual selling skills, and that is coming up in a big way. Third, a macroeconomic trend, which is a, a, a inflation, uh, where uh, this really impacts uh, and has a major impact on the bottom line and the margin. And it's a big blow, essentially, to most of the CPG companies who are trying to kind of recover from the setbacks of the pandemic. So I think um, uh, intelligent pricing will play a major role in coming months um, and how you rebalance some of this um, inflatory pressures uh, from the economy. Uh, and I think uh, the need for consumer goods organization to meet these challenges with the same set of budgets has resulted in heightened uh, emphasis on digital transformation. We, uh, with the help of Financial Hall, conducted uh, a research where 90% of the organization's uh, mentioned that you know they are considering digital transformation and data-driven insights as being their immediate need. Sales teams who spend forty uh, percent of their time trying to grapple with all this kind of data, uh, doing internal work uh, in this new age, requires to acquire some of these new skills and strategies uh, to bring back uh, what we call bring joy back to selling uh, in today's Wall Street. I like that word, bring joy back to selling but i do have one intriguing if you can just give us a quick uh you know what what definition you have in your mind you said intelligent pricing that's a power packed word but at the top line what do you mean by that what what we mean by that is that in today's world that you know how you don't look at um you know past performance because the baseline has changed what do you look at do you look at 2019 data do you look at 2020 data? Do you look at 2021 data? Consumer preferences are changing day by day. Millionaires are looking at different aspects when they go for shopping. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a very fascinating journey that we are in. And that's why I think we need to be looking at a multitude of things versus past performance, versus demographics, versus, uh, you know, some of our historic ways of looking at pricing. Tom and Rana. Thank you for joining us on the CPG Guys podcast and welcome. Rana, I'd like to go a little deeper into what you just discussed on Shree's question. Specifically, let's look at the pandemic's impact upon sales organizations with C within CPG manufacturers. From your perspective, what are some of the challenges and opportunities that they are facing? I mean, I certainly have quite a number of ideas in my head, particularly as you mentioned, benchmarking against what 
as being the comparable. It's it's pretty challenging, but I'd sure love to hear from your perspective where sales organizations are seeing the most challenge coming out of this pandemic. Yeah, interesting um, because, um, Peter, we actually um, uh, concluded a virtual CS around table and we had participants from blue chip CPG companies and there were very, and, and some of the comments from some of our participants were quite fascinating. And, you know, it, it kind of addresses um, some of the, you know, challenges and opportunity that uh, in today's world we see uh, from their lens, right? So in, in the virtual world, the sales team's motivation is extremely low and they are, there is a constant talent war and this this uh, way of selling is also leading to high attrition because they are struggling to build insights uh, and, you know, deal with insights. And uh, the notion of selling to logarithms and screens has never been um, a reality for them, but that is the need of the hour. So we are seeing that organizations are building a lot of uh, data. They're, they're kind of looking at data differently but a lot but none of them are able to kind of generate insights uh the job specs when we think of the new age sales reps that needs to kind of uh relooked at and we need to build a complete new muscle on on the whole notion of virtual selling uh supported by data and insights um the other thing that we have also heard is that the investment in terms of trade promotions, in terms of marketing, in terms of allowances, deductions, that today everyone is looking at it holistically. Today, those lines are blurring because the CMO organization, the CS organization are looking at redirecting their dollars um, that are pulling the right ROI. And there is a need to create a playbook which which is in um, partnership with each of the retailers. So every aspect of you know the investment that's that are going in into trade into marketing needs to be relooked uh, with with that lens. And uh, Peter, volatility is here to stay. So what will be the impact of inflation uh, once? demand normalizes, like I mentioned, um, you know, it, it is it is something that we will all have to come, come to terms with and figure out what's that baseline in terms of uh, as we are defining our business plan uh, alongside and, and the targets and the sales targets. Thank you so much for that, Rana. There's no debate in my head that inflation rules the day. Intelligent pricing was a word you used. How uh, brands, retailers respond to that is the next chapter in this industry. But none of that can be done unless there's a thorough analysis done with data and insights. And my friend, Tom, welcome to the show. We've known you forever, Peter and I, through our IRI days. Data and insights is a forte for you, just very much like Peter. I just said none of this can be done without a deep reach into data and insights. So what do you think, Tom, has been the role of data and insights in tackling some of the challenges? that Rana mentioned, and uh, how do you think it's going to impact the emergence of one of our favorite topics, direct-to-consumer, and hyper-personalization, whether it be advertising, whether it be products, shopping lists, whatever the case might be? 
Shree and Peter, thank you for, for having me today. It's, it's a real pleasure to talk about something that I've spent so much time, uh, almost 30 years, uh, focused on. When I think about data and insights, um, they are two of the most important elements of uh, the foundation of, of this transformation that we're talking about. But there's also something else that it is becoming and emerging that's even more important than just data and insights. And that is this notion of what I would call um, you know, agility or action. When we talk to our uh, clients and CPG companies and brand leaders uh, and sales leaders, what they're really good at is focusing on uh, data. Um, in fact, they have almost too much data. They have too much data and too many tools. Uh, so for this, this journey from data to insight is actually very convoluted. Uh, organizations are really focused on trying to and really want to hyper-personalize and hyper-customize and really engage the customer. But what they're finding is that they, they're not using their data effectively. And what they're doing is they're thinking about data um, not necessarily in a strategic way, but in more as a commodity. And what we're looking at, and those that are really doing well are doing a couple of things. The things that they're doing well with their data is things like they're focusing on data from an internal perspective and integrating their internal data with the customer and consumer data. It's this integration um, that is really uh, the connector piece. And they're also doing, go back to a plug, uh, plug my alma mater of IRI, looking at syndicated data. And it's this com conversion of internal data, customer consumer data with syndicated data that's really driving the insight. What we're seeing is organizations thinking differently about ways to hyper-customize uh, and personalize and go direct to consumer because they're reimagining how this long tail could look. So what we're seeing customers doing is beginning to focus on things like, how do I shift my customer left so that I can really focus on the customer that means the most to us? So how do I shift from a face-to-face -face engagement to a face-to-voice and even a self-service model? And this self-service, you know, the extension of an Amazon-type model into a uh, the CPG world is something that in a hyper-customized way um, that we're seeing. We're also seeing this journey around insight and it, there's a greater focus on predictive and prescriptive. And this is not only about brand lifts and brand shares, uh, the typical way that organizations, a lot of organizations are very good at looking at that aspect. How is the brand lifting? How is the brand transforming? What we're seeing is how is the brand using internal customer and syndicated data to inform the process? So that not only am I looking at it from the opportunity, but I'm also looking at it end to end so that the event that I'm doing um, is um, recognizes the fullest amount of my, uh, my revenue from that event. And I'm also using that data to inform my process so that I'm continually learning. And that's the, the last idea is, is action. And the action is about speed. Um, how do I actually um, take decisions better and, and use guardrails, insights, governance, to improve my execution so that I don't have to get approvals. Um, too many times opportunities are lost. Uh, countless times I've talked to brand folks and sales folks that they said, if we could only get a decision faster, I would have been able to execute X amount of more promotions. I would have been able to uh, do another event, but the decision-making process is so, is so slow in an organization. What we're really saying is, near real-time information so that we have better decision-making uh, um, actions with um, with companies around their events and promotions. So that's how the, I see, and, and we see this hyper-personalization uh, and direct-to-consumer transforming business. 
Thanks for that, Tom. I couldn't agree more. In, in particular, I think I see a lot of CPGs seeking data outside of their own world. Obviously, retailers are notably reluctant to share um, attributable data to consumers. So they're all trying to scramble to figure out where they can find PII 1P data, uh, personally identifiable information tree. Got a, I threw out an acronym and I didn't define it. That's a that's a that's a CPG guy faux pas. Sorry guys. So I understand exactly what you're saying. The challenge is even when you get it, to your point, do they know what to do with it? And can they do something in a timely manner to make actual use of it? So I couldn't agree more. So Tom, I see the lines between sales and marketing blurring very rapidly in this digitally driven world. From your perspective, what role were, will digital technologies play in helping define what is sales and what is marketing or even bringing the two together? You know, I think, uh, Peter, you hit on the last part that you just said really uh, triggers uh, what I think is the direction that organizations are going. And in fact, Rana kind of touched on it as well. There is definitely a blurring of the lines between sales and marketing. Um, a lot of organizations are talking about things like uh, horizontalization um, of the, they're not just thinking in our terms, order to order to cash or O2C, what they're really talking about and expanding the definition to opportunity to recognition uh, as the true end-to-end. And sales and marketing are the first pots that uh, organizations who are successfully navigating this blurring are doing. They're rethinking how they're positioning their organization, both on a short-term basis and a long-term basis, so that on a short-term focus, they begin they be they can begin to focus on what needs to get done in order to execute effectively. And then on a long-term basis, they can do better and do a better job at planning. This idea of short-term versus long-term, and rather than defining things, sales and marketing, they're looking at time horizons as a way to reimagine how organizations uh, can focus. It's really around figuring out a way to effectively manage uh, a single ROI versus multiple ROIs. There's ROIs on Lyft. There's ROIs on marketing spend. There's ROIs on um, you know uh, direct-to-consumer, e-consumer uh, spend. You know, all because everybody has multiple budgets. You know, oftentimes I will sit in sales organization meetings, an SNLP meeting, and I love to I love to sit and watch functional and dysfunctional organization try and navigate SNLP meetings. And what we see is that those that do it really well operate on what is the return on the total investment. It's my marketing spend and my sales, my consumer and trade spend versus saying a salesperson, if I if you say no to me, I know three other people I can go to to try and get them to say yes, because they have squirreled budgets away and they all have development funds and organizations that are really being effective are the ones that are redefining this line. They're thinking about sales and commercial differently, uh, and they're focusing on experience, which is something that you talked about earlier, Peter, this notion of an experience versus a transaction. Um, And that's where um, the organizations are getting much better. We're seeing that CPG organizations are refining the definitions. They're using data to help them navigate online sales they're getting granular insights, but they're really working together so that there is a single PNL owner, so that there is a um, a decision that can be made uh, looking at the entire picture versus just individual. So I see that's the blending, and those that are doing it really well are the ones that are able to pull all that data together uh, and drive that insights to go back to 
data and insights. A reminder for our audience that we are actually speaking to Rana Saha and Tom McGuire from Genpack, our guests on this episode. Tom, I want to now pivot us a little bit to, you know, we talked a lot about the industry, what's changed, the pandemic. Let's jump into Genpack's role in all of that change and what Genpack does for CPG every day. So give us the tour, you know, Rana gave us the one-on-one on what Genpack does. Give us the tour to specifically with CPG brands and manufacturers. What are some amazing things going on in the Genpack world with brands? Yeah, as, as Rana said at the beginning, he talked about transformation. Rana talked about consulting, uh, trying to for, help organizations drive and reimagine a future. You know, we, when we talk to our customers, we really talk about figuring out what that North Star is for them to try and address specific problems. And the problems that we've really seen and started to address is um, a new problem, uh, not necessarily new in the sense that uh, it hasn't been around for a while, but new in the sense that organizations are willing to start to address it. And that is, especially around the sales and commercial organization, what we found through our own proprietary research and uh, workshops with our clients is that sales organizations are spending 30% of their time, at minimum 30% of their time focused on internal decision-making and not spending enough time with the customer. That when we've done research and we said, and and I would challenge anybody to do the following, anybody in a sales organization to ask their team, what are they doing? Open up your, uh, your calendar, your outlook and count how many hours are you in internal meetings? And what we're seeing is that sometimes people are in, in a typical 40 or 50 hour week, they could be in the meetings internally, 30 hours to 35 hours. Some organizations are only spending 30 minutes a week with their buyers. And that's really uh, the, trying to, the, the problem that we see and the challenges that we're trying to address. We're seeing another thing that's really interesting is that the amount of time that it takes to close a sales call is increasing. And it's not because uh, the buyer doesn't want to spend time uh, buying. It's all the ops, the, the noise around the sale that becomes a real challenge that we're trying to address. And that noise is things like, you know, Peter and Sri, it's things like, where's, where's my previous order? You know, what is the MD? What is the master data on this? What is the, um, you know, where is... Where's the allowance? Where's the deduction? What's the code on this? Can you send me product information? All this is noise and it can take, you know, we were talking to one uh, one large CPG company, eight meetings and interactions to sell a simple, single promotion. And they're like, why can't I sell it in four? We were talking to another customer and they have an order to sell a simple, I'll call it uh, uh, a sales display, 15 interactions to sell a single display. And it's just mind boggling to sales leadership. How come it takes so long? So I would say is the first thing that we're doing, Shri, is trying to address these core problems. And the way we're doing it is really focusing on how can we return the joy of selling back to the salesperson? And this is something that Rana talked about and, and, and we talk a lot about is how do we bring back the joy? And we try and bring back the joy doing a couple of things. One is we're looking at new ways of working to free the organizations up from operational activities and the noise around things like supply chain, order management, customer service and finance activities that the salesperson typically, to use an American uh, uh, phrase, quarterbacks, um, you know, in the world of my world and in, in cricket, it's probably the bowler who's in charge is, is driving 
you know, these activities. And what we're saying is that we need to reframe this model to say that you don't need a quarterback managing these operational activities. These are transactional activities, manual activities that can be managed. So we're really driving with our customers new ways of working and doing it not necessarily from a process lens, but we're doing it from an experience lens. We're making sure that the employee is at the center of that discussion so that we really understand the pain of that employee in order to help drive a better experience, not only with the customer, but internally. Uh, And all this is happening and we're bringing insights uh, and integrated data sets that I've talked about before and insights as part of this transformation. So those are the things that we're really trying to drive. You know, if I was to say from a use case standpoint, you know, a couple of things that we're doing that that I think are really interesting and really exciting is that, you know, we're driving, you know, better integration between the demand signal, supply signal and capacity planning so that data flows faster so that decisions are being made. And we're doing that for a large CPG company, you know, for a uh, large bottler, some interesting things we're doing is driving the better visibility on contracts, return on investment of contracts, optimizing execution of contracts, we have one partner that we were working with. It took 45 days in order from the time a contract was signed until we get the product, when in fact, we knew we could do it in 12. So we work with customers to figure out how do we go from 45 days to 12. You know, the other things that we're doing that are really interesting are things around, you know, allowances, deductions, collect, uh, connecting sales, revenue management, so that pricing terms and conditions are better linked, so that we can make sure that um, things are validated, um, upstream and downstreams are seamless, um, as well as any, any leakage, uh, deduction, uh, is prevented. But I think the, the most exciting thing, you know, is, is around which we started with and I'll end with is this idea, can we have a salesperson spend more time on sales? You know, we're working models with some customers that are really interesting where salespeople only sell. Uh, I know that sounds, you know, ridiculous, you know, funny to say salespeople only sell, but the reality is a lot of times they're not selling because they're doing something else. And what we're seeing is this, this kind of reframing and resetting as really uh, transformative um, for sales companies. You know, Shri, if I didn't know you any better, I would swear that you're inviting on gas in an insidious effort to try and insert the lexicon of cricket into the day-to-day conversations of the CPG guys. So I'm going to put that aside. Bowlers, he said bowlers. I'm thinking wicket keeper. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what I hear from Tom is the way I'm going to get success in selling is, is that I should just say to buyers, I will refuse to have a second meeting with you unless you're bringing a purchase order to that meeting. That will improve... I don't know if that's going to work. Maybe, maybe not. But in any event. So, Tom, in in reading what GenPact has been putting into the ecosystem about success drivers, what I hear from GenPact is the hallmarks of businesses that will win in the future are connected ecosystems. So can you first tell us what does GenPact mean by connected ecosystems and What do these connected ecosystems mean for your brand clients? So for us, connected connected ecosystems is making sure that we're connected. It's this, I mentioned before, horizontalization of the the value stream. And it's also 
looking at things not only from the value stream of the manufacturer, but looking at it from the manufacturer through the retailer or the, the retail channel all the way through to the customer. It is about making sure that data flows in a synchronous way uh, and it is flowed in a, in a manner that allows the organizations to operate differently so that they can invest together. It's about breaking down the silos. We talked about sales. You asked me before about this, the silos between sales and marketing. This is about creating uh, and breaking down silos um, in the world of manufacturer to retailer. It's about creating better alliances so that we can focus on customers and consumer experience and not focus on things like um, allowances, deductions, and rebates and trying to uh, prevent leakage on both sides. Nobody in the conversations that we have both on a retailer side and a manufacturer side, no one wants to uh, be chasing down and spending a lot of energy uh, trying to prevent leakage. So if we can create in this connected ecosystem an, an area or an opportunity where we are replenishing in near real time, our forecasts are working together, uh, that we're dynamically pricing information and that we create uh, this symmetry, we can begin to create a connected ecosystem. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, extend one of the thoughts that Rana had that I think is really interesting. We talked about selling against algorithms. You know, what we're talking to some of our very leading uh, uh, clients and CPG partners with is le really leaning in to not only going in and selling uh, your product, but actually as a salesperson selling data, selling data to transform the algorithms so that, um, that the algorithms that are retailers and retail channels are producing are influenced not just by the data the retailer has, but by the data the manufacturer has as well. And we see a day in which the sales organization is partnering uh, in a collaborative way, in a connected way, in order to have an effective playbook that connects all this together, promotions, um, you know, trade spend in such a way that they are uh, operating in a seamless way. We feel that the future is really going to be heavily focused on data, machine learning, AI-based uh, decisions and technology. But as I said before, the other key component is going to be agility and action. Can we create an, 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 a connected ecosystem built on trust? where data flows from manufacturer to retailer in such a way that there is trust, uh, where the ultimate outcome is a positive consumer uh, experience. And that's where uh, connected ecosystems and how connected ecosystems work uh, from our point of view. Wow, thank you. I'm gonna bring this home and head over to Rana now for uh, the next question. And I wanna again, focus on Genpak. And, um, Let's dive into a little bit about growth and the future, Rana. And give me some examples of how Genpact is leading the way as a growth partner for some of the largest brands. My guess is you're working for a ton of large brands. Tell us who they are and tell us what are specific areas. You talked a little bit about trade spend. Obviously, you referred to intelligent pricing, but what are some of those great things you got going on with larger brands and who are they? So obviously, these are all large blue chip uh, PPG manufacturers and um, uh, some of the large retailers, right? Tom alluded to the fact that we are also looking at an ecosystem. And I kind of connected uh, when we were talking about how to effectively run a trade promotion is to really look at each of the retailers in the US parlance or likewise modern trade or distributor trade to, to kind of 
create that retailer playbook, right? But but for Genpact, uh, our value proposition to consumer goods uh, sales organization is one that is human-centric and which is unifocused on driving a very simple agenda. And that agenda is of joy. We have a proprietary framework, which is called CSCR, which uh, is essentially customer experience and a sales experience framework, where joy is the outcome of growth of the salesperson. The business and, and, and the success of the salesperson is when he or she can drive top line growth and can work with the buyer to drive ROI uh, for the buyer as well, uh, so that the effect, the trade spend is, is absolutely effective. Our offering aha moment is not found in the fact that sales organization wants to sell. Rather, it is a knowledge that operational and tactical noise that Tom alluded to, uh, you know, and they get distracted can be, uh, you know, alleviated, if not completely eliminated, right? In If you think about it, in today's world, the holiday seasons, um, you know, Peter talked about, you talked about the holiday season kicking in. When the trucks don't show up, the first person who's going to get a call would be that sales guy. Um, the finance organization will not be able to reconcile something which um, led to a deduction in from a trade fund. They will call the sales guys. So I think, you know, it's, they they are spending more than thirty to forty percent, as as you know we are we are seeing them uh, uh, very closely. So I think in in our mind, it is uh, absolutely critical for us to kind of in order for us to propel the growth for our clients uh, in the CPG and retail space. We think that there is a need to retool and reskill. Uh, and focus on the future of sales. And Genpact is catering to that need. Uh, and we are focusing and investing heavily in building a virtual selling framework, which will enable the CPG companies to kind of be ready for this uh, you know, transformation, which is very, very different from what they have seen in the past. Sure, did you hear that? Their focus outcome is joy. And, and I love that because, honestly, that's why Sri and I do this podcast. It's to educate and bring joy to people in our industry because they get to learn more. And there's no two people that learn more from this podcast than the two of us. So Peter, that's wonderful. Today is December the 4th, and the, it's the season of joy three weeks away to Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Anyhow, Rana, let me close this out with you. We talked a little bit about how you're helping brands grow. Would love to know how Genpact is planning to grow over the next five years. Where you mentioned a little bit about the investment, but where do you see your investments helping drive your business by in turn driving your clients' business? Thanks, Peter. So I think, uh, you know, we are seeing, uh, we are very well poised. Um, you know, the sales and commercial business uh, within Genpact is growing. 40% year on year. Um, we just announced our Q3 revenue. We just over a billion this um, last quarter Q3. Um, so all that, all that is good. And we aim to kind of, you know, work very closely with um, the CPG and the retail industry. And we are focusing on um, three things. First, we are really investing and focusing uh, on creating this entire virtual selling framework, which ties to bringing joy back 
keeping the customer and the sales um, organization in mind. We're also building um, this um, entire platform um, and you know the connected ecosystem with help of multiple partners because I think we cannot solve all the problems, but jointly we can, and, and that's uh, the endeavor of this you know entire ecosystem. And what we are also doing because we are seeing we are right in the middle um, as operators. We are seeing there is a lot of redundancy between the the manufacturers and the retailers. So we can sit in the middle. Uh, some of the points that uh, Tom talked about, about data and insights. So how do we um, not just focus on keeping the information within the four walls with certain permissibility limit, with certain data security? The insights can be extremely valuable so that it can benefit both the CPGs and the retailers. So that's how we think of, you know, when we think of this entire ecosystem. And lastly, we are investing heavily on some of our digital uh, solutions uh, like Cora Sales Assist. And we are also building, uh, trying to, you know, invest heavily on building our own gene pool of digital talent. So very, very excited um, uh, for 2022 and beyond. Um, and and I think uh, uh, that's, that's what our growth trajectory looks like in the next uh, five years, Peter. First of all, Rana, congratulations. But I can't let this episode close with you saying gene pool of digital talent and not ask you for what that means. So what, what that means essentially is that, you know, we have, uh, uh, we have a program that we are running internally, which is called Genome. And everyone, um, including myself, uh, Tom, we are expected to kind of update ourselves because if we don't update ourselves in today's world with all the latest and greatest, because five years back, these were all buzzwords, but in today's reality, um, they are not. And we have leveraged these technologies to make meaningful impact that Tom and I have been part of. And those are the real transformations that we have seen by using some of the technologies, which is data, augmented reality, uh, artificial intelligence, they are no longer buzzwords. So we have successfully delivered several, um, you know, reconciliation of trade. Um, we have created through artificial intelligent events. We have um, made significant progress by uh, deploying digital technologies uh, for new product introduction. So it's been a fascinating journey where we've lived and we've made tangible um, impact um, to that journey. Peter, I'm just glad Rana used my favorite word, artificial intelligence. What do you think? Uh, is my digital thermometer for the turkey considered to be artificial intelligence or no? Oh, never mind, Sri. No, I'm with you on this. Sorry. But, you know, congratulations to the two of you and Genpak for an awesome 18 months over the pandemic. Also, um, I had fun you know, an episode these days without the use of the word artificial intelligence doesn't exist, but I love it when people take time to explain what the connection is with everyday life that you did. I love the word Gino and what y'all are doing there in terms of upgrading the skill set because a much needed skill set go forward for anybody in any level of management, no matter what you do. If you ain't there today with the digital norms, you ain't there with the population and you get left behind. 
Also, of the examples of where you're diving deeper in, Tom, earlier when we talked about data and insights, right up front, opinions on direct-to-consumer and that'll shape and hyper-personalization, the blurring of the lines between sales and marketing, which I deeply believe everybody needs to be a marketer in the future. And digital is certainly changing the game because you have retail media for the first time. What a power-packed episode, Peter. Any thoughts? Sri, we touched on all of my favorite topics. We talked about data insights, technology, transformational e-commerce, and cricket. Oh, well, maybe most of the things that I wanted to talk about, but I love this episode. It was great. and So good to hear from luminaries from one of the most transformational consulting companies in the industry for CPGs. Uh, really terrific episode. You can say that again, Peter, and I want to remind all our audience, you can find content like this and much more at cpgguys.com. The best way you can engage with us is go to LinkedIn, comment, send us a message, tell us how you like the show, what you don't like about the show, but you can also go to ratethispodcast.com slash cpgguys. You can leave us both a review and tell us about the show. And you know you shape it. You decide which guests come on and who don't. So please do that. And I think Peter loves the number five, so rating cannot hurt either. Rana and Tom, thank you for engaging with us and enlightening us on the world of Genpact and all the wonderful successes you're enabling in the marketplace these days for brands and retailers. Great to have you both on the show. Thank you, Shri. Thank you, Peter. Happy holidays. Thank you, Shri. Thank you, Peter. Happy holidays. My friend, Mr. Bond, as always, week over week, pleasure doing this with you, sir. Can't imagine being on this journey with anyone else, Shri. Love it. You're my ride or die. And what a ride it's been over 150 episodes and it's happened fast. And Peter and I thank all of you for participating and shaping the show and doing that. I will close this episode about Googlies and quarterbacks with a thank you. And we'll catch you soon on another episode of the CPG guys. Content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of reference to or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.